0: Okay, continuing with the greater discourse on the four establishments of one's Still on the body. We've talked about breath, postures, bodily activity, and the parts of the body. And we did the body it's the parts of the body. The next practice is given is the four elements. The poly word for element is. Got to. Elements, eh, sort of okay translation, I actually prefer characteristics or aspects. I'll read you what it says. Again, one reviews this body, however it may be placed or disposed, in terms of the elements. There are in this body the earth element, the water element, the fire element, <coughs> and the air element. So these are the classic four elements of Greek literature, etc. Don't take it literally, right? <laughs> Think of them as symbols. Uh, the earth element at the time of the Buddha was solidity and extinction. <laughs> the fact that when I hold the striker out and it doesn't droop down is because it's got enough Earth element in it, right? If this were uh, a piece of licorice, you know, it probably just sort of drooped down. Doesn't have as much earth element. Water is liquidity and cohesion, in the sense that if you have flour and they add water, it sticks together. You have dough. You have dust. You add water, you got mud. Uh, air is gas and movement, and fire is hot and cold. That's the classic interpretation. But since I have a background in physics, I'm much more interested in just doing earth is solid, water is liquid, air is gas, and fire is energy. And since this is all symbolic anyhow, uh, what's most important is to find the symbols that you can relate to. We have a simile it gives us a hint of how to work with it. Just as if a skilled butcher or his apprentice, having slaughtered a cow, were to sit at a crossroad with the carcass divided into portions, so too one reviews this very body in terms of the elements. There are in this body earth element, water element, fire element, air element. Okay. so the first thing about the simile there were no sacred cows in India at the time of the Buddha. Had there been, <laughs> you wouldn't be able to sit across lo- roads with a, a cow carcass. Uh, you do that today in India, it will go very, very badly for you. Right? But basically, if you go into a butcher shop, what you see is sirloin, pea bone, hamburger, rump roast. Right? You don't see cow. You just see the constituent parts. So the practice is, can you experience the world in terms of solids, liquid, gases, and energy, rather than trees and rocks and walnuts and squirrels and all the other stuff. Can you take your conceptualizing, your normal way of conceptualizing the world, and back off from doing that and conceptualize it differently. One of the most important teachings from the Buddha, I had to actually summarize basically what he's saying as practice is don't be fooled by your concepts. We go around conceptualizing the world in all sorts of ways. And we think whatever concept I come up with is obviously accurate. Why would I come up with a wrong concept? Well, it turns out sometimes we do. It turns out all the time we do. Things are a lot more complicated than we think they are. And so the Buddha teaching us not to be fooled by our concepts. So this practice of the four elements, the four characteristics, the four aspects, is one of breaking out of your normal conceptualizing of the world by doing a different kind of conceptualizing. Uh, Baby steps at first, right? So I'm going to do a guided contemplation, which will give you a better sense of how to work with these. But any questions about the four elements before we start the guided contemplation? Yeah. Drop the attention on your breathing and look at your body and see if you can find examples of earth element. The easiest way to start would be to push your tongue against your teeth and feel the solidity of your teeth. Also notice your fingers, you can probably sense the bones in your fingers pressing against whatever they're touching. Just start scanning through your body looking for earth elements, the solid bits. tension in your sits bone. They're solid, they're earth element. And also notice that upon which you're sitting. It's not rock solid, but it's certainly not liquid or gas. Notice your feet. Feel the bones in your feet, and then you can notice what your feet are touching. Now imagine that you stand up and start walking towards the door. Can feel the solidity of the bones in your legs and feet as well as the solidity of the floor you get your shoes and you strap some earth element onto your feet and then you grab the doorknob you can feel its solid nature and you open the door noticing earth element in the door you step outside. And the porch out there is earth element. The steps are earth element. And then you can step onto the earth. Real earth element. You look at a tree. It's standing upright because it has <coughs> earth element. Solidity. Notice the buildings. They too have earth element. That's how they're standing up. You see a squirrel? You well, know, his bones are very much like yours. We all have earth element within us. Bird flies by. Those bones may be hollow, but they're also rigid. They too have earth element. You pick up a rock, feel how solid it is. Lots of earth element there. around just noticing examples of Earth element everywhere you look. Back on yourself. Sitting in this room. Now scan your body looking for water element, liquidity. The easiest is going to be to notice the saliva in your mouth. You could notice some liquidity around your eyes. If you're quiet enough, you might notice your heartbeat, blood moving through your body. high school biology you know that you are almost three-quarters water just like the surface of the planet if you stand up and go outside all that green is due to water elements. Go up to a tree, you can feel its solid nature, but you might notice some sap. That sap is just like your blood, carrying nutrients from one place to another. There are puddles left over from the rain, that's water element for sure. Any animals that you see? Yeah. Squirrels and birds also are mostly water elements. You look up into the sky, you see the clouds. Well, they're not liquid yet, but water falls out of the sky. How amazing is that? If water didn't fall out of the sky, this would be a very different planet. If you really stop to think about it, the planet is misnamed. It would be the planet water, because that's what makes it so unique. Back on yourself, sitting in this room, and see if you can notice the air element. The easiest, of course, is to put your attention on your breathing. You can feel the coolness of the air coming into your nose, warmth, it goes back out. Sometimes you notice other gases within your body. If you stand up and start walking towards the door and pay careful attention, you can feel yourself pushing the air out of the way as you walk. outside, and if there's a breeze, you can feel the air pushing against you. If it's a bit windy, you can go up to a tree, wrap your arms around it, and feel the tree moving back and forth in the wind. You can see the leaves twitching in the wind. There's air all around it. See some animal breathing just like you do. Bird flies by supported by the air. There's actually 14 and a half pounds of air pressure per square inch on your body. That were to disappear would be most unpleasant. We live at the bottom of an ocean of air. Again, become aware of yourself sitting in the room. Let's see if you can notice the fire element in your body. Probably the easiest is to put your attention on your hands. And notice difference in temperature between where the hands are touching something and where they're exposed to the air. other parts of your body where you can notice a difference as well. You actually have quite a lot of fire within you. Your temperature is 98.6 Fahrenheit. It's actually rather warm. and go outside, there's a difference in the air temperature that was in the house and what's outside the house. Or fire element when it's hotter. If the sun comes out, you can feel fire element coming at you from 93 million miles away. up to that tree, you put your hand on it. It's got a temperature, not ice cold. that got fire element within it. You put your hand in a puddle. Yeah, it feels cool. Fire in that water. You see the clouds moving. you are being blown by the wind. The wind is moving because of the fire element heating up parts of the planet. walk on a hot day, you notice all of the elements. There's the solidity of your legs and feet meeting the solidity of the earth. And then you start wanting more air as you're breathing harder. Then you start to sweat as your body It's out water element to evaporate to cool you off because you've got too much fire element inside. These are the four aspects of the material world inside of us and all around us. Internally, and externally. In other words, you notice these elements within you and you notice them in the world around you. The quality of being solid in your bones is the same as the quality of being solid in the tree or the building or the dirt. And the quality of liquid in your saliva is the same quality as in the puddle, etc. The purpose of the practice is actually to give you a different view of the world, seeing that there's a lot of commonality. But it's not really apparent. Just these four aspects of the material world: solid, liquid, gases, and energy. This is a good practice to do when you're doing walking meditation. You get your path, it's 25, 30 paces long. And then as you walk back and forth, you pick one element. And you're just noticing earth in your body, in the ground, trees standing upright, whatever. And you're just noticing earth element, either tactically or visually. As you're walking along. Then when you get bored with the earth, then you switch to another element. You just do your walking meditation, noticing one element at a time. You can do the same thing when going for a walk. You go for a walk and just look for earth element or water element or any of Or when going for a walk, everything you encounter you can break it into its constituent parts of solid liquids, gases, and energy. Any questions about this practice or about the elements? Do a body scan and you get tingling. The tingling. The tingling is a mental thing, right? And it's in the solid part, but the fact that you would refer to it as tingling means that it's actually the sixth element, consciousness. So all the mental stuff would be sixth element. So there's solidity in the skin or wherever where the tingling is. And then there's you recognizing the changing nature of that. And then you call it tingling. And when you're calling it tingling, that's a mental activity. So that would be the sixth element. The fifth element is space. Uh, the fifth and sixth are immaterial. Space in mean, this room works because of the space element. So Now you see elements not really like we think of the 92 naturally occurring elements. It's more the aspect. This room works because it has the characteristic of having a lot of this room not be there. Right? And the bottle works to hold the water because it's got space in it. And then all of the mental stuff, your thoughts, your emotions, all of this is the sixth element.
1: Video.
0: The space is full of air. The space is two-thirds full of water but this because the space is immaterial, <laughs> it's not a real thing okay There's not real space in the room. It's that we have conceptualized the solidity of the house as encompassing a thing we call a room, and there's lots of space in this room, which is full of air, and also has people in it, and mats, and a lamp, and a Buddha, and right so Within the space, there are things, but all of this is conceptual, So when we say the room has space, it's a concept. It's not a real thing. And if you're down at sea level, all the space is going to be filled with air, unless, of course, you somehow manage to get the air out. Uh, You have a balloon, and uh, all the air comes out of it, and you've got it all scrunched down. There's no space and no air left. Uh, you put that, you tie the balloon up, and you put it in a vacuum chamber and remove all the air. Well, the balloon will inflate slightly, because you can get quite all the air out of it. There's a little bit left there. So it's, it's all about our concepts, and so we conceptualize space. If we were to turn on the fans and blow all the air out of here, the new air would come in, right? But the space would remain the same, because it's not material. It's just a concept that we're laying on top of the solidity that makes up the house. The other elements are also concepts, but they're material. They're concepts about materiality. So <coughs> it's a little more difficult to see that they're just going to help.
1: I apologize in advance if this is a really <coughs> rude question. I'm very interested in what you're saying, but when you start to do the body scan, with this scan, and yesterday's scan, I immediately start to fall asleep. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know why. I want to hear it. I'm interested in what's going on. It's like, and then I have this battle. Right. Do some people just
0: is there aversion
1: to something I don't know about or?
0: The most common reason people fall asleep when I guide body a the body scan is aversion to the body scan, and it's really common. You know, I'm up here guiding it. I got my eyes closed most of the. <laughs> but I do check out the room to see, you know, how many people are falling asleep and so forth. Because, yeah, there are people falling asleep every time I do it. It's not a rude question. And generally, when I talk to the person about it, there's aversion. Now, I don't remember if you raised your hand when I said, who didn't like the body scan, but
2: did.
0: Yeah. Most people who fall asleep don't like the body scan. Now. Why don't you like the body scan? Is it only because it makes you fall asleep? Well, okay, but there's usually something about yeah, something about this they don't like, and uh, it's something we could explore in your interview if you want. But uh, yeah, it's not uncommon at all. Um, yesterday during the body scan, I was battling it also, but I. During the body scan yesterday, I was having this battle with myself also to keep awake, not to embarrass myself in front of weather. but I think the room was a little bit hot and maybe windows yeah. being closed due to the air conditions, uh, uh, maybe there was not enough fresh air. Yeah, it could be that that's part of it, is that, yeah just not enough fresh air. There's also my rather boring voice. There's me telling you what to do. And people don't like to be told what to do. So that can produce some of the aversion. And instead of doing what you're told to do, you just go to sleep. So yeah, there's a lot of possible possibilities of what goes into it.
1: For me, I actually like doing the body scan, but I feel sleepy anyhow. But I think that's because
0: I'm normally tense up. So when I scan the body, it relaxes me. Ah, yeah. So the relaxing makes you sleepy. Oh, Mm -hmm. interesting. Yeah, that could be part of it as well. I'm curious as to why you required us to do it once a day. You, You were quite insistent, and you said make sure you do it Every day. It's a useful practice <coughs> in a number of ways. In that it's a training to help you get in touch with more and more subtle objects as you get more and more skilled with it. So that's one. Two, it can bring you insights into not self and the Nietzsche. Three, if you don't like doing it, then it's probably good that you do it, because you might gain some insight into why you don't like doing it, All right? And I have to be insistent about it, because the people who benefit the most from doing it are those who don't want to do it. So I have to be very insistent. If I say, well, you know, this would be really good, or you. you should do it. The people who don't want to do it won't do it. So I have to be really insistent and say, everybody has to do it. And that way, those who would benefit the most actually do it. So, yeah. Good way to look for ticks. <laughs> True. It's a very good way to look for ticks.
1: On <laughs> um, body scanning, then, I would just like to give a different view. Uh, my experience is it's the best thing. Um, and I remember I read some statistics, I think in Europe, it's the most likely or preferred way uh, really it's a journey-based resource. Yeah. Um, i practiced it a lot and it starts with the going where you just do body scan and, kind of content, and then you really start to feel what's happening in the body. this tingling sensations and you almost start to feel the flow of blood and all the sensations and then gradually you start to lose all these kind of elements. Uh, As you mentioned, it goes into more like nobody nothing you're just aware of these sensations and it can be amazing experience really like by itself you get so many insights if you get into the crew of this like really feeling the body the sensations and uh i also practice yoga nidra which is kind of a different and you do the body scan but with a different emphasis, maybe relaxing or maybe something else so I think what happens with moral partners, uh, they say you establish connections with different parts of the body, and then over time these kind of connections or you know, arteries, they, they are refreshed and you feel really energized and really kind of great uh, and I think. So my yeah. experience is very important.
0: So there, there are a host of reasons to do the body scan, and I have to insist, because there's resistance to that. Uh, yeah, it's a lot of work, you know, you just want to sit there and space out, no, I'm not going to allow you to do that, you're going to have to work. How important or is it important to label the sensations to no, the body scan? No, you shouldn't, you shouldn't okay. label, you so should just, note, just notice. Note exhaustion. that
1: there's a sensation.
0: Notice, there's a sensation. Okay. That's all. But yeah, the labeling actually is counterproductive. Okay. To that point. Yeah. Good. I think my understanding of the Gewenko technique is that everything that we experience gets stored in the body. Yeah. That's that's basically what gets taught. It's all stored here, and then by scanning it, hopefully you release the negative stuff. Well, it, yeah, and it's learning how to react to it. So. Right. So you don't want to Gewenko retrieve. First time you do the techniques. You know, I mean, some people get feel sick, some people, you know, there's just all the different emotional reactions to it. Right. That's why I ask did anyone feel nauseated? Yeah. Um in relation to the boys getting feeling nauseated, the vaginas, is is a reaction ever to feel nauseated when you're you're practicing the uh,
2: vaginas?
0: Is that a reaction you have heard of? I've heard of it, but it's quite rare. Uh, It's common when you're doing the body scan. Uh, With the jhanas, it's more about the level of concentration, I think, and getting that deeply concentrated sometimes brings up the unresolved stuff that I mentioned. And it may not even show up in a way that you can identify what it is or anything else. It's just the level of concentration. Normally, we're spending a lot of energy to keep that stuff down, and you get that concentrated, there's no energy to keep it down, it bubbles up, and that can cause some nausea. And is it, is, do you recommend a walking meditation or breathing, or go into maybe the body scan at that point? I would say that if you start feeling nauseous while doing the jhanas, I would say switch to doing insight practice at that point. And you could even ask, all right, what's this about? We'll just be quiet and see if anything bubbles up. Usually nothing, sometimes nonsense, sometimes something useful. But probably best at that point to just go switch to doing inside practice. In other words, you've taken it probably as far as going to be useful, and so switch to doing an inside practice. And if the
1: reaction is
0: after? The reaction is after, again, you're going to ask what it is and probably something a bit more active will help with the nausea, such as doing walking meditation or going for a walk. If we're doing the body scan and we realize that we're quite undistracted and we're really with it, how long should we do that for before looking for the pleasant sensation? When you're doing the body scan, you should finish it. Even though you feel like you're not getting distracted, even though you may have encountered a pleasant sensation, go ahead and finish the body scan. It's kind of hard to tell how concentrated you are when you're doing the body scan. Uh, But if you do the whole thing and it takes 30 to 40 minutes, then, yeah, you're going to be pretty concentrated and you're going to have a much better chance at that point with staying with the subtlety of the pleasant sensation. Whereas cutting it short, yeah, you might have overestimated how concentrated you were. So, just as a general rule, finish it. If the bell rings while you're doing a body scan and you haven't finished, let's say you've just gotten down to your weight, you should quickly finish it. Now, like in 10 seconds, just do it quickly. It seems to make it a nicer feeling of, of having done it. But, you know, if you're doing it in the afternoon, like I say, it should probably take longer than the half hour if you're doing it right. Uh, uh, two questions on on the four elements. What, what would be a sign that it's working? You know, what's the you know? Is that useful you, question? And then the second one is more curiosity. How long did it take you to publish I don't remember exactly how long it took to feel the individual toes. At first, yeah, there was a big toe and there was a blob. But within a year, I was getting all the toes individually. I think the toes came fairly quickly. Uh, I think the toes came quicker than getting consistent in the arm between the shoulder and the elbow between the elbow the wrist. The joints, very easy. Those are joints, and so I think they came faster than the uh, large areas of the extremities. But yeah, I don't remember. How is the four element, how do you know the four element practice is working? Because you start to get a sense of, oh yeah, there's a lot of commonality here. Basically, uh, you start seeing that you start seeing the world in terms of solid liquids, gases, and energy and the world includes your own body, your own materiality, as well as that around you, and there's a lot of commonality. I mean, the tree and the house have a lot in common, besides the fact that they're wood. There's some solidity there, and the solidity in your arm, is, yeah, that's in common as well. So for those of us with slight body scan aversion, Mm -hmm. um, is it okay to start with bigger areas than the coin size and just look for sensation there? Or does it have to be? I think it's better to go with the half dollar size. Uh, Dollar bill? (laughs) (laughs) So half dollar is is (laughs) is (laughs) about as big. Yeah, because what you are trying to do is train yourself to notice subtle sensations. So anything you do to make it easier doesn't train you in the difficult stuff. So, yeah, sorry. <laughs> the other observation. I first did the Goaika retreat, and then last night, I had some pretty lucid, wild dreams. Yeah. They actually resolved some issues once I figured out that's you know, the, the crazy part. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah, people frequently report very wild and crazy dreams on retreat. Uh, it's quite common. And when I'm teaching retreat, I have just as crazy a dreams as <laughs> when I'm on retreat, even if I'm not getting in the same kind of
2: meditation. Uh, I know this is said already, but I forgot it. How long do you stay in
0: access? Once you've got access concentration established, I say 5 to 10 to 15 minutes. All right. The longer you stay, the deeper the jhanas will be after that, but there is a point of diminishing returns where, yeah, your body's just getting tired. So, if it took you, let's say, half an hour to get to access concentration, then, yeah, stay there five or ten minutes. If you got to access concentration, say, in five or ten minutes, then you might want to stay there longer and let the concentration build. Uh, If it took you an hour to get to access concentration, then yeah, probably move on pretty quick, within five minutes or so. So uh, it really depends on the quality of the access concentration, how long you stay there. With the additional things, if you stay too long, then your body gets tired and doesn't work. But if you stay a long <coughs> time, you will have higher quality, John. So, Kind of unhappy. So let's say 5, to 15
2: minutes.
0: You're fully with the object of meditation, such as the breathing. And if there are thoughts, they're not pulling you into distraction. They're in the, being in the background. Okay, so you're fully with your object. For the breath, you know each in breath, you know each out breath. doing metta, uh, <coughs> you, you, and you're using the phrases then you're right there with each of the phrases. If you're doing a visualization, then you're giving out the flowers and you're seeing the people you're giving the flowers to. And for the body scan, basically do the body scan, nice, 35, 40 minutes. And then if there's a pleasant sensation, go for the pleasant sensation. Otherwise, go to the breath. The breath is almost. Yeah, that's hard. Yeah, I mean you've worked so hard to get the breath so that you don't lose the breath, and now when oh, I you can do that, I tell you lose the breath. <laughs> uh, to the best of your ability, focus entirely on the pleasant sensation and leave the breath as far in the background as possible. Ideally, you don't notice it at all. Practically, it's going to be there. You want to give it as little attention as you possibly can. I've been uh, getting active concentration pretty regularly. And when I put my attention to a pleasant sensation, I'm having a hard time connecting with paying attention to the pleasantness of the pleasant sensation. It's really easy to notice. The location, yeah. The size, the texture. But so when I do that, you do that, right. Yeah. So instead of paying attention to the pleasantness, <clears throat> enjoy the pleasantness. Maybe that'll help a bit. But yeah, this is this is tricky because it's a lot easier to notice the location and the intensity and everything else. But what you really want is to just you want to set up the positive feedback loop of pleasure. And that's going to come with just being the experience of pleasure. And so, as best you can, uh, <clears throat> don't analyze, that is, see how big it is, see where it is, etc. Just enjoy. Uh, as far as I can tell, now, I'm a computer programmer, not a neuroscientist. Scientist. The PT is dopamine breaking down into norepinephrine, and the dopamine is the, the neurotransmitter that gives you pleasure. The norepinephrine is what gives you the vibration and the heat. Right? So what you want to do is focus on the aspect of the pleasantness that's going to give you pleasure. That'll up the dopamine. Uh, content. So you've got enough to break down <coughs> into norepinephrine to give you the PT, and then the whole experience will bring the SUCA, the opioids, probably serotonin. Uh, so if you're <coughs> looking at the location, well, it's just the location. There's not much pleasant about that. The size is just the size. It's not much pleasant about that. But the pleasantness, that's well, that's the essence of what's pleasant. So that's why you want to focus on it. But yeah, it's tricky. Uh, it's hard to work with. Well, are there any tricks about working with time?
1: I, I seem to lose the concept of time totally. Good.
2: <laughs> if it's you're well conscious, 20 minutes. Yeah,
0: if, if you're well concentrated, then time begins to disappeared, you have no idea how long it is. That's why, part of why I say five to ten to fifteen minutes. You know, if I told you seven and a half minutes in excess <laughs> concentration, it's ridiculous. Your sense of time is completely gone. But if I say five to fifteen minutes, then okay, i got to be here for a while. And so you hang out, has this been long enough? Well, I guess. Try it and see. And if it doesn't work, well maybe next time I'll stay longer. So yeah, the, the clock time.
1: Yeah, it's more like I end up developing a right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, it, it's tricky. It's it's just part of the trial and error and error and error. So you figure <laughs> out how to make it work. Um, when I'm working on concentration, I, I can follow the breath, and I get my distractions. Uh, it's not well sometimes i have images but lots of times it's not an image and it's not a monologue going on and not a fantasy or anything like that there's this just um nebulous kind of thing going on that's like well uh, well sometimes it's like you know i don't want to be here i don't want to do that it's pretty strong that i can tell what's going on but other times it's just something that you know Yes. Yeah. Ah. Yeah, uh, if you can ignore it, you know, label it as nebulous or uh, aversion or okay. whatever, uh, and ignore it and just push it aside and keep going. That's probably the best. Okay. If if you're unable to get it to leave you alone, so that you, you're undistracted, then you might have to explore it. And you might explore it with, alright, what's going on here? Give me some clarity around this sir. and see if something comes up. Uh, and that may give you a better sense of what it is. And if it's aversion, the antidote is metta. If it's wanting, then you got to figure out what it is you're wanting and Recognize that whatever it is you're wanting, whether it's a material object or a mind state or something, it's less than perfect and it's the wanting is interfering with what you're actually trying to do at this Does that help? Yes, yes, I'll try those. In doing the body scan, are you supposed to let go of the awareness of the breath
1: completely or it?
0: Yeah, let go of the breath completely as best you can. It's going to come back when you get to your nostrils, of course. It's going to come back when you're maybe doing your chest. It's going to come back when you're doing your belly. Right? But as soon as you move on from those areas, then ignore it. You really want to give 100% attention to whatever sensation is right there. Okay? And yeah. It's tricky because yeah, we've worked so hard to be with the breathing, and then I'm telling you, don't be with the breathing. Just when you get good at being with the breathing, all right? Clinging, clinging in any form doesn't work. You say more about when you say wispy thoughts, like how to uh, understand that. Is the key just that you are not pulled into them, or? that they're, you know, nebulous or quite like, like if it's a conversation in another room that you could pay attention to, but now you're totally not, Right. but it's in a sense you're aware it's there. Um, I, the word wispy wouldn't come to me, but it would feel I'm distracted. Yeah. Uh, what I find is the thoughts back there, they're wispy in the sense that they don't really draw my attention. It's like the part of me that has this internal dialogue going on all the time just won't shut up. But it's not speaking very loudly and it's not saying anything important. And it's probably commenting on what's going on. Okay, this is good. you yeah, yeah, all right. Just stick with it. Yeah, just, you should probably stay here a little longer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just this sort of stuff back there. And when I say wispy, I'm trying to get, you know, it's the difference between, okay, let's think about politics right now, or, you know, something that's really going to grab you. Uh, it's the difference between the little wisps of smoke coming up from a fire that's practically gone out to a roaring bonfire with smoke and heat and everything just, you know, totally taking over the system. Okay, last two. We? Um, two days ago, you mentioned that we shouldn't take a deep breath at a certain point, which us into a different direction. Yeah, when you're trying to get to the first jhana, so while you're trying to get to access <laughs> concentration, while you're in access concentration, while you're focused on the pleasant sensation, avoid taking a deep breath in any of those. You can take a deep breath when you want to move from one jhana to the next because it will calm things down and you, as you move one, two, three, four, you'll calm things down. But prior to the first jhana, don't take a deep breath if you can avoid it. Even when I'm trying to establish that, if I get lost and then... If you get lost, then yeah, you're nowhere near the jhana. So yeah, just settle yourself back in. Yeah, you can take a deep breath. I, I find that sometimes really helpful. I just did 10 minutes in Hawaii. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My comment was on the wispiness, and I always I just did share my analogy. Well, today, there's isn't heavy cloud covering, but clouds are very close to us. And when I think about the most people in the wispy, they're like the cirrus clouds, the ones that are the etchings. Right. very far away in the back so I tend to look at the clouds like that my thoughts like that if my thoughts are heavy and including yeah. in my Hawaii vacation uh, but when they're when they're at the risky stage they're just they're so far back here and I, I can't. Yeah. And that's the analogy I use that's very good I'm going to steal that one <laughs> <laughs> probably right. great. okay so we got a half an hour until lunch not raining, so I'm going to say go outside and explore the elements. There's lots of them out there, and you'll take your elements out there as well, and just notice the solid liquids and gases energy associated with the material world. And I will ring the bell at 1155, so you'll know when to go up and get your lunch. I'm only going to ring it in this area, though, so if you go off someplace. You're going to have to find your own way back.